Okay, we are live, episode 138. Uh, we have Kayla Castaneda from Agua Bonita. We have Christy McGill from Rooted Food Sales. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. It's my pleasure. Uh, we are going to get into this, Kayla. Uh, give it to us, the story of Agua Bonita. When did it start? What's it all about? Yeah, so we joke around that um, when life gives you lemons, make aguas frescas, because we started Agua Bonita mid-pandemic um, after the company that I was consulting for went under. And so I took it as an opportunity to make something that was reflective of my culture and my family and something that I would want to drink and put it on shelves. Got it. And and so what is it exactly? Give us ex the exact details of the product that you're uh, that you're selling right now. Yeah. So Agua Bonita, it, we make aguas frescas, real fruit aguas frescas in bold and fun flavors. Uh, most of our SKUs have no added sugar as well. Got it. And so where did you start? So if you had maybe a recipe or two or an idea, if you have some experience in CBG, did you just start in a commercial kitchen or did you find a co-packer to help you? Yeah, so we found a co-packer. Um, so my professional background, I used to work for Coca-Cola. So I had a good idea of how the process worked. And I knew that taking recipes from your kitchen, because these are all based on family recipes, um, didn't always translate in a commercial capacity. So found a food scientist and found a co-packer. Lots and lots and lots of trial and error um, to get to where we're at right now. Got it. Um, and so that, that helps to have some experience or at least you can see the process, you know, it sort of works or doesn't, even though that's on, on a much, much larger scale. So mm -hmm. when you do it on your own, things are also really, really different. Um, yeah. Did you, uh, how did you get help with the name? I mean, putting up the website, like where did all that come from? Uh, the internet. I feel like that's like any entrepreneur's best resource is just kind of finding where you can do things for free, do things yourself. Uh, lots and lots and lots of Googling and doing everything in-house, honestly. It was a labor of love between myself and my co-founder, um, but we've in-housed all of our branding. Cool. Uh, the internet, folks. Yeah, that's that thing that, you know, you're on all the time. Uh, yeah. And Google. <laughs> You know, Google, it's a verb. Uh, anyway, um, so let's go into the co-founder. So you have a co-founder. Uh, how did that person uh, come into play? Who is it? Yeah, so her name is Erin Pontel. We met uh, at one of my consulting jobs. Uh, she was C-suite there and she left to have her first child. And when she returned, the company was no more. Uh, but I respected the hell out of her work ethic. And even though we had not met in real life before, I asked her if she wanted to work on this project with me. And so we did. That's that's pretty cool. Um, uh, there's a there's a topic going around right now about co-founders and, and where would you find them? How do you find them? What's value? What isn't? Uh, is it is it good to work with somebody? Is it not? Um, everybody uh, will have a different answer, especially if they have experience with it. And, and it's usually predicated on the other person and also themselves, whether or not they're very self-aware. Uh, so you will get all types of answers. Um, that's just for uh, everyone to know. Um, and so let's go into sales right now. So you got the finished product, you guys put it all together, you figured it out. What was first distribution? Uh, direct to consumer because we launched mid pandemic. So we didn't have a shot at even talking to any of the retailers. They were too busy stocking shelves with essentials. 
So, and we didn't know how quickly our brand would pick up. We produced a pilot and within um, about five weeks, we sold out of our initial pilot. So we knew, okay, I think we're onto something, went back, repeated it, sold out, rinse, repeat again. And, and by that time, um, in that first year, we had sold about 100,000 units online. And so we knew, okay, I think this has legs. Let's kind of go out there and, and see what we can do with it. I really like that. So I'm going to dive into that for a second. So you guys have a finished product. Uh, is it in cans? Is it aluminum? It is. Okay. Yeah. I don't um, know if you all can see, but Perfect. Okay. So we have contacts. Okay. And so you sell them in six packs, 12 packs, 12 packs. Okay. And you sell them at, uh, is it about three bucks a, a pop? Meaning is it 36 for the unit? Uh, it's about two fifty a can. Okay. Got it. So let's say 30 bucks a pop. It's on your website. I'm just going to describe this right now. This is how mm -hmm. we do this. Um, 30 bucks a pop. Somebody picks the flavor. There's three flavors you noted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. three flavors and um is it 30 flat or do you charge a fee for delivery 30 flat no shipping. 30 flat so you're going to absorb so it comes in everybody knows what a 12 pack looks like no we're not it doesn't have to be beer folks I mean, get, <laughs> come, on, get you, come on let's go here uh 12 packs so we all know we know the weight of it um so you're shipping something that's kind of heavy and it's not too expensive as far as comparison to the size so you're gonna have some issues there everybody knows that we're yeah. just talking dc right now um how did you get over that? Were you just acquiring customers uh, and or not? Were you going just uh, word of mouth? Give us a, a little description on how you were uh, yeah. how you were getting this to move. So yeah, so we really invested in building our brand on social media, um, and that is actually how we got picked up. It was just a lot of organic growth via social. We didn't spend anything in marketing until we had a good idea of who our audience was from who was already purchasing via social and then you know audiences we wanted to try um but yeah we really invested in building our brand via social and who we could attract there and converting them into customers i just want to again dive deep into that for a second okay because um this is very homegrown so anybody who's listening that that's that's wants to do something like this um, they, they're, they're, they're just walking here. I wouldn't say even crawling because they had a little experience. They're walking, they're walking. And so you, you, you put out some social posts, right? You got your Instagram page, you got a Facebook, whatever, you know, I don't know if you're doing TikTok by that time or whatever, maybe, and you're no, and you're showcasing the product and maybe the value of it. What, what, what were like those original posts? Yeah. I mean, I think our original posts were a lot about our cans because we really did spend a lot of time in wanting to have beautiful cans, really Instagrammable cans, right? That's what we created. So a lot around the product, um, but then also the use case. We wanted people to understand like how to use our product in their everyday life. So sometimes it was people going on hikes, right? And having uh, one of our drinks with them or going to the beach because we're not glass and you can drink it on the beach. Um, or maybe it was mixing it into a cocktail. So really just showing like, here's our beautiful product. Here's how you use our product you should use our product. Okay, that's fair. And then from there, everybody should listen to this. They found an audience or they thought so as far as market fit. And then you did put a couple bucks behind that as far as advertising and started pointing those ads. Does that sound about right? Yeah, and we did it on a very small scale. I would say we're barely starting to really ramp that up now. Um, but yeah, that's how you said, just walking, right? Kind of First things first. Okay, now we got that figured out. Now let's move on. Now let's grow a little bit. Now let's grow a little bit more. 
Got it. And you both finance this uh, privately, meaning yourselves for, for the time being? For the first portion, we actually just raised a round that we closed at the end of last year. Okay. Uh, is it, uh, we don't have to talk specific. It's private round though. Is this like friends and family? Um, we have two VC firms on our, on our cap table. Two VC firms. Okay. So you were able to do that really early and is mm -hmm. that just through connections? How did you put that together? Yeah, you know, our cap table and those two firms are folks that are very specifically focused on supporting Latino entrepreneurs. So that is why we aligned with them. Otherwise, I don't think that there would have been an alignment. Um, yeah. I, 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 that's very interesting. Um, and I think that again, this, the whole, this show is just value to anybody who hears it. Something's going to perk up in ear like, uh, that's, that's for me, or that's not for me. Or that. So uh, this is important. So there, there are specific firms and are monies out there that are allocated to Latinos. I mean, like I, I didn't, I didn't really know that. I mean, I think vaguely we know that there, that there, that there are some that are more focused on helping those that that didn't have access or or as easily access to it before, right? Which is mm -hmm. super important. I mean, it's like crazy that we don't talk about it more. But this is important to know that there is access out there. You just got to be put in front of these people. Yeah, exactly, and. You know, we did an accelerator program um, that helped us connect to a few angels and helped us connect to, you know, larger um, VCs, get that. And I, you know, we bootstrapped for that first portion of our company, but we were broke. So I had to go out and I did any pitch competition that I could enter, I did. And so there's money out there to be won. Um, it is time intensive to, to kind of pursue it. But I mean, you do what you have to do to get the cash in to, to help the business keep going. So um, I would say if there was an opportunity to get free money, you could bet your ass that I was signed up for it. I really respect that comment. And I respect you a lot. Um, these last just th this I, I was I didn't wasn't I don't know when I do these shows are set up. I kind of know who the guests are. And uh, but I don't do any background on purpose because I like to just free flow it like this. It also allows me just to say things off the cuff, like I'm saying right now, which is I really like that commentary right there. Um, we're in a really tough spot right now, just just in general. I wrote on it today, just about like the people, the vibe out there is really off. Um, it's it's tough out there right now to be in CPG. Um, other verticals too. I mean, I you know I'm in the Bay Area. Tech, I know tech and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but like this is what I talk on the most. It's really tough out there right now, um, and the energy levels because of it. I think people are really stressed, um, which is totally understandable, and I'm empathetic to all that. But I really like hearing these stories um, because they are important. It's like uh, it's empowering, um, and I really respect your comments uh, and Thank what you. you just said. So I just want to say that. Um, so let's kind of close this out, if, if you would. Um, Give us like where we're at right now. Where where is the brand at? And now can you walk sort of you close around? Congrats. Um, can you. you sort of start positioning? And will you just do the same walking method, which is pick maybe a regional player that you think has the market fit as far as consumers and and walk in those doors first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so at the beginning of this year, after we closed around, we did a small pilot with Sprouts. Um, 50 stores, get that sell story, learn how the customer is thinking about it, or if that even is your customer, right? And then from there, 
take that learning and then apply it to other um, targeted retailers, right? You can't be everything for everyone. And I think that's also important as a brand to know is like, you can't be everything to everyone. So find your people. It's much easier to find your people than to try to change consumer habits all over the place, you know? So it's, that's kind of our approach. So it's, it's again, just the staggered that we did with direct to consumer. Uh, Kayla, yeah. really well done. Thank you. Really well done. Um, and uh, uh, I'll get your info at the bottom, but um, that was that was great. Uh, and I, I think you're going to do something because just just as you know, if you just execute on these things and the way that you're articulating yourself from the start to where you're at now and not do what many of us do. I did. I try to blank in like you want to because you want the sales and you know, yeah. but it is <laughs> it is a market fit play and and really, you know, going the mile deep, right? Not mm -hmm. wide, it's mile deep. And um, I think that you would, um, you have an opportunity. So that's really cool. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I respect you so much. I'm so glad to have spent this time with you. Because um, yeah, I'm all over your LinkedIn all the time. So thank you I, for having me. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Christy, I know Christy. Um, I've seen Rooted before. Uh, give it to us. What is Rooted Food Sales all about? Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say, Kayla, it was really nice to listen to you. I came from the brand side. So you just, you're just you spot on with everything. So it was really exciting to listen to your story. I've seen your product around. Very fun. Um, yeah. So I work with Rooted Food Sales. I'm their senior director of sales. We are a better for you food service broker. Um, so if you're kind of that Expo West plant-based, better for you organic brand, we are a brokerage that's taking you into the food service channels. So that would be colleges, convenience stores, um, QSR, quick serve restaurants. Those are some big channels for us, travel. And we're really kind of a focused, passionate team. And um, we see ourselves as an extension of your internal team. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I could talk all about, about Rooted, but um, Really, I think what makes us special and unique is that we keep a very slim line of brands. Um, I mentioned that I did come from the brand side where I managed a lot of brokers. So I have that experience of those frustrations. Um, and we wanted to create something different and special where we're working with a slim group of brands and really love and believe in the products. And that's really important to me because, um, you know, everyone works hard and builds their brand and they want someone to represent it in a bigger way. Um, we don't have any brands on our books that everybody on the team isn't excited and passionate to sell and everyone can sell the story, right? That's the big important part. And we're not just in there going, Hey, you want to take a look at this product I have? We're going, Hey, this is what makes them special and unique. We touch on those sustainability better for you. And then we're hyper-focused on the operator that really fits our brands. Uh, there's a lot of food service operators that aren't ready for the better for you products. And so we're kind of constantly churning and bringing in new operators that we feel are a fit for the type of brands we work with. And, you know, also educating the operators going in with that excitement and that passion and saying, look, you know, this is where the categories are going. They're going to these better for you products. The kids on colleges, they're more educated than I was when I went to college. I'm in my mid thirties, the kids today, they understand it. They're on TikTok. They're seeing all of these products. So we are really kind of selling and hyping up the operator that the opportunity we have for them is money making to them, but also it's like keeping them on the top line of incoming trends. And I mean, like the, the marketplace for food service and food service brokerage, it's, it's slim, right? <laughs> um, especially when you're at a scale of what a majority of our brands are, which is a, you know, a, a smaller, better for you brand. 
the, you can go with a really big broker, but they're not, they're not ready to take on kind of that pioneering the brand in the food service space. Christy McGill, Rooted Food Sales, her info's there. Um, brokers, it's a, it's, a, it's a wild one out there. So just, you know, make sure you're having conversations. You can ask around, do all that stuff. Um, she nailed it though. And then Kayla Castaneda, her info is down there. Thank you both. Enjoy the rest of the week. Thanks for having us.